there was a time in my life where I, I had a goal of hitting a hundred million dollars or, or more, but I quickly started to realize that if you hit a certain lifestyle level, there really isn't a lot of difference between really good cash flow and five to $10 million and really good cash flow in 20 to 50 million. There really wasn't a lot of, a lot of difference there. So that became my focus. And honestly, everything I've been doing in the last six to 12 months has been has been focused on improving my cash flow, improving my quality of my portfolio. And, and yeah, just simply protecting myself in case of, of market term, turmoil and corrections and stuff like that. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Okay, welcome, Right Club Nation. Hey, Sarah, welcome. And Thank you. Good to, good to be back on the show again with you and we've got a great guest coming up. I think we've, Michael Dominguez, and we've had both, both of us have had him on our podcast. So it made absolute sense to have him on, on the Right Club podcast. But what are you up to at the moment? What, what things you got going on? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I just hired two more admins for my team as we're growing. We're adding the whole midterm property management portfolio piece with that uh, with Aisha and Lee. And so we're, we're partnering and we're growing that. And then there's the Inspire Beach Resort that's launching. And then now it's going to be available to be booked October onwards. There's there's tons, tons of stuff. We're working on some projects. We've got a really cool hotel under contract that we're doing our due diligence on to convert and many, many things in between. What about you? Well, yeah. Well, you're keeping me busy. So that's what uh, that's true. <laughs> I'm like, Paul, we got to do these new courses. And then right. you're like, oh, okay, great. Like two weeks ago, I was like, I was like, oh, we don't, don't worry about it. We'll like slow down a bit and then it speeds up. But yes, you're yep. doing an awesome job. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. What about, so, what about you though? Yeah. Keeping busy with, with real estate. Um, I'm actually got my first speaking engagement again in person, but it's not real estate. It's for an accountant group coming oh. up in a couple of weeks, but it's for nice marketing? to be, yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm actually the MC, So that's oh, going to be a little bit different. So, but it's kind of fun and it gets me back out on stage, which I kind of miss a little bit. It was nice to, to have the right club back out in person a couple of weeks ago. And I'm looking forward to more of those. I think that's, that's what people are missing. But uh, apart from that, yeah, helping just currently helping another real estate investor launch a podcast. So podcast seems to be where I'm ending up in a number of areas for people. So that's always interesting. So. Yeah, I know you've become like the podcast go-to if somebody wants to, because I mean, you've been, well, you've been helping me with mine for like since 2016, 2017, I think it's been a while. So it's natural that you've become the expert in, in getting <laughs> podcasts set up and going and marketing them and all that good stuff. So really cool. So let's talk about the right club and just some, some new things that are coming. I mean, you mentioned in person, so we are now back in person and we also have obviously the, the virtual events, but for those of you that are missing the networking, this is a great opportunity to be back in person. I think there's a whole level of networking that differs whether you're in virtual networking or you're in person. I prefer in person, but check that out, you know, and if you're interested in coming to one of our events, the there's a whole calendar and events section that you can pick and choose which ones you want to attend. And on that note, we'll, we'll bring in Michael. Michael is a real estate investor. He, like he, you mentioned, he's also a realtor. He does a lot of stuff with joint ventures. We have a great conversation about that. Just also building his wealth and in essentially creating that freedom for himself. So it's, it is a great podcast. Let's, uh, let's bring in Michael. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm 
Great. Thank you for having me. So we were actually just talking about how now we're going back into some live meetings and we also have the right club virtual, but I definitely missed the, the in-person stuff. So we were just saying it's been a while, I guess, since, since we last co- connected and maybe for those that don't know who you are, give us a little bit of a 30,000 foot view. 30,000 foot view. I began as a realtor back in 2008. My focus is in the Durham region, which for those that don't know, it's a little bit east of the the Toronto area. So Whitby, Oshawa, that sort. Uh, But when I joined real estate, I quickly gravitated towards the investors and that became my focus. And and I quickly realized that, that investing in real estate is the way to really truly get ahead, not just being a realtor. And that became my number one focus. In addition to helping others growing their portfolio, I began to grow a portfolio myself with a goal of getting one property a year for 10 straight years. And, and I quickly started to, to, to focus on a certain type of profile, which I'm sure we'll talk about over the course of the day. But I, I wanted to find quality properties in quality neighborhoods. And I attracted some really great quality tenants and it led to some quality profits which really put me to where I am today, where I, I recently wrote a book called Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. And it's my goal is to give back to the next generation of investors because I had so many great, great, great mentors that led me along the path. I thought I'd find my way of sharing it back to the next generation now that I'm not as active as more as anymore as an investor or a realtor. If I can sort of share some of my knowledge, then it's a win-win for everyone. And- so are you still acquiring properties or did you stop at the 10 and that and that's it? Or what does your portfolio look like now? Yeah, I've got a dozen legal two-unit dwellings currently, including some with joint ventures, some with just my wife and I. And uh, we do have a nine-plex that we, that we are in a joint venture with as well. But, but yeah, some years I bought multiple properties, Paul, but for the most part, it was one or two properties a year. It was a slow and steady sort of approach. I wasn't the type of guy that was looking to necessarily quit my full-time job and focus full-time on real estate. I was doing my full-time job. And then as a side hustle, was adding a property every single year. And that was my quest. That's awesome. And you know, and I, I almost started, I think similar to you as well, a property a year. And then it, it skyrocketed a little bit once I started adding some JV stuff and some joint venture stuff, but there's challenges, right? There's challenges to acquiring a property every single year. Maybe walk us through some of that. Like what were the challenges that you were experiencing as you were going through your third property, your fourth property and so forth? Yeah. Now I don't know where everyone else is starting, but I guess my wife and I were in a pretty good place. We had a pretty good nine to five income source. We had a good credit score and we had a home that was paid off. That was our principal residence. So probably we're ahead of some people, maybe behind others that are listening to this podcast. But essentially the first few I bought were fairly simple. It seemed like I go to the bank, they they saw that I had available line of credit in my principal residence. And and I just sort of said, okay, I'm going to buy that one. The next year I said, I'm going to buy that one. And it went really well. And then quickly enough, I ran out of money, which wasn't so good. And so after that, I started to be a little bit more creative. And so some of the properties that I had, re- that I had, um, that I had renovated, I refinanced them. And I was even able to refinance my own property. And that just kept giving me that line of credit money. And I'm just, and it just kept recycling it over and over again. Eventually got to the point where the banks, regardless of my net worth, regardless of my income, regardless of everything that I had, they looked at me and they just simply made an arbitrary 
you have too many properties. And so it was at that time that I really had to work with joint venture partners. And, and I picked a bit of a different strategy than I know that you did, Sarah, and that I that I was more focused on finding active partners that we both jointly work together and put the project together. I wasn't just looking for money. I was looking for strategic partners. And that's kind of how it, how it evolved for me. I never once got the dumb money sort of approach of just simply an inactive investor. I was always working with really active partners and and it's it's worked for me. It's it, I reached a point of financial freedom back about three four years ago, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later on as well. So, what what made you decide to go that route in the joint venture way? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Back in 2013 2014, my real estate realtor career was really starting to take off, and I had to make a real hard decision: Do I focus more on being a full-time investor, or do I focus more on being a full-time realtor and a part-time investor? And I don't know, I, I could play this scenario 20 times in my head and, and I can go back and forth and make a good case for either way. I chose, I was very good as a real estate agent. And so I, I made that my focus. And, and I just, I, I felt that every time that I started to work with partners, that maybe that I had to spend too much time or even spending too much time on a project. It took away from my real tour career. And so, and you could actually see the times where every time I was drawn away from the being a realtor, my business failed or, or dropped anyway. So I just, I made a conscious decision that I said, you know what, that's my focus. I'm making more money doing it that way. And I could still build the portfolio I wanted. Just, it might take me a little bit longer. So that's what I chose to do. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. And he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process for you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one-stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondSuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondSuites.com. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. Awesome. So I, I do want to go back to your structuring of joint ventures because there's definitely many, many ways that you can do it. I do have some where like there's an active and a passive partner where the active partner and they don't want to be as hands-on, which is totally fine. But I also have partnerships, right? With We're building a resort with Harry and Joe. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. It's partnership, joint venture, and all the stuff that I'm doing with, with Lee from, from Wise Construction as an example. So I think there's different ways that you can structure things. So maybe walk us through like how that was structured for you. So like what kind of partner, you're, what you were bringing to the table, what they were bringing the table and like the splits and what that looked like. Yeah. And I was always 
willing to put money on the deal. I had the money, so that wasn't as much of a challenge for me. So what I had to offer was a, <laughs> a particular set of skills that I could find the property. I could, that was something I was really good at being a real estate agent and a, and a good one. I felt not only through MLS, but even through private sources, I was able to find properties that many of my friends and colleagues were not able to find. And so that was something I brought to the table. And I also, I, I'm sort of the person who, who brings in the contractors and brings in the the people, I don't necessarily want to do the ongoing management. So who I historically have brought in are people that either are contractors themselves or people that are contractors at heart. And so, so as a result of that, they did a lot of the nine to five work in the property or oversaw the actual renovation itself. Whereas I, or, and, and they may have even helped qualify for the mortgage, although in some cases I may have done that as well. We both came in with an equal amount of money for the most part. And, uh, and that's pretty much how the, how the renovation, this, this honestly is more of an old school approach to joint venturing back in the old days when you get a couple of really smart people, hopefully, and, and they put together and do a good deal and they both have equal knowledge, but it was one of those things where my chocolate and his peanut butter kind of went together and we made a really good product and, and, and that's how we grew that way. And, and for the most part, I was using people who I was already had a relationship with. I was already friends with. And, uh, and that was just as equally important to me as who I was partnering with. And, and my goal was, again, always to find a quality property in a quality neighborhood, in a, in a growing real estate market, attracting the best quality tenants we can get at, at, a, at market rents and, and making quality profits. And even during COVID, we had a very good track record of, of not one tenant that didn't pay us rent through those years. So it's pretty exciting. Wow, that's pretty good. So uh, perhaps for the for the person listening, what do you define as a quality product in a quality neighborhood? Yeah, the most important thing that you want to focus on right off the top is finding that quality neighborhood in my mind. And what a quality neighborhood entails is something that's in a in a growing market with with a lot of the right market fundamentals. So let's use for those that are uh, we're, we're all in the greater Toronto area. And so I'm going to use Toronto as a, as a, as an example. And sometimes we're a little, we're, our approach to Toronto is we don't realize the growth that's happening here is unlike anything else in North America. And, and sometimes it takes going around to other parts of the country and the, and the world to realize what kind of growth we're having here. It's, it's quite phenomenal. And so using Durham region as an example, or for that matter, Hamilton or Barrie or what have you, we're, we're talking about growing population. We're seeing growing GDP. And with that growing population, we're seeing more and more need for, for rentals. And so I'm, I'm basically filling that need. And so I'm not necessarily going with the high-end condos that are that are really are hard to cash flow and have a very niche population of people who are going to be looking for it. I'm looking more for the, the, the couple that's maybe got a 700 credit score with really solid income and, and has an aspiration to buy a home within two to five years. That's, that's my dream tenant. They're going to treat the home with respect and, uh, and maybe they work in the area. Maybe they have family in the area. Maybe they've got a child who's going to school in the area. And so by finding a great location within that community where my tenants are going to want to live, that's the kind of property I want to own. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Those, those are the ideal tenants, definitely. 
for especially in a, in a place that's rent controlled for many of the units before 2018, essentially, that uh, you don't want them living there forever because otherwise, otherwise you're below market rents after even two years, especially nowadays, right? We're getting like 20% year over year increases. Has, has your investing strategy or, or anything that you're doing changed, I guess, in the last six months as now rates are going up and it makes it a little bit harder to even cash flow on duplexes anymore? My, my strategy kind of altered about three, four years ago when it's been holding steady since then. And it wasn't necessarily a rate-related thing. I, I made a determination at, at one point. I, I created a finish line for myself. It may have been arbitrary, may not have been, I don't know. But I took a look at how much I was spending on a monthly basis and, and, and then added a bunch to it because I wanted to be generous to myself. And, and my goal for my, through my 50s or, and even in my late 40s was if I can reach a certain amount of cash flow every single month, then I'm going to retire. And that's, that's my goal. And there was a time in my life where I, I had a goal of hitting $100 million or, or more. But I quickly started to realize that if you hit a certain lifestyle level, there really isn't a lot of difference between really good cash flow and five to ten million dollars and really good cash flow in twenty to fifty million. There really wasn't a lot of a lot of difference there. So that became my focus. And honestly, everything I've been doing in the last six to twelve months has been has been focused on improving my cash flow, improving my quality of my portfolio, and and yeah, just simply, protecting myself in case of, of market term, turmoil and corrections and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm making myself a little bit more bulletproof. That's what I've been doing. And, and you also mentioned living your best life or, or doing other things outside of that. So was that, a, was that also a driving factor in, in your decisions? Yeah, it, it really was. And again, everyone who's listening to this podcast or, or attending the right group, they're, they're, they're all coming from a very different place where, where I was, was I'm, I'm in my 50s now. And as, as a realtor, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of incredible people. And, and yeah, when I turned 50, I had this aspiration of hitting huge wealth numbers because I thought that would be a, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of um, winning in this world. And then it dawned on me when I had a, actually three of my clients who passed away back about three, four, five years ago, where I started thinking, two of them were younger than me. I was thinking, you know what? I don't necessarily want to work for another 20 years. I don't want to be putting in 40 to 60 hour weeks in order to do that. I want to live my best life. And if that does not include real estate on a daily basis, that's okay too. And that's kind of what I focused on doing. And so I, I started working on and started to accomplish a lot of my bucket list goals. I my 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 focus was to have real estate fund my life and not run my life. And that was really the, the objective of it. And so when I attend real estate conferences and meetings today, I'm in a very different place than 99% of the people that are in those meetings anymore. I'd like to think I'm, I'm representing a, this is what you can accomplish through real estate. And in only a 10 to 15 year period, I can, I can change my life and be able to retire at 55, 56 years of age with a really solid net worth and ongoing cash flow to live the rest of my life. We're going to take a quick break from the show. Do you have a message that you would like to reach a captive audience of thousands of real estate investing focused people with? Then you should be sponsoring the Right Club podcast. We currently have some pre-roll and mid-roll spots on our weekly podcast, which is consistently in the top 100 Canadian podcasts for business and investing, and in the top 1.5% of all podcasts globally, according to Listen Notes. Our audience wants to hear from you. 
Edison Research found that 67% of podcast listeners enjoy hearing the ads, compared with just 6% for TV and radio. The WARC report said that 78% of listeners are comfortable with hearing ads on podcasts to support non-paid content. To find out more about availability and pricing, get in touch with Catherine Nelson-Riley, Operations Manager at Catherine at therightclub.com. And now back to the show. That is awesome. Can I, can I ask, I mean, obviously the goal is, is the freedom and, and all that good stuff. I'm sure for, for many people, what about your JVs? Like, have you done multiple deals with specific ones and have they been able to see a lifestyle difference for themselves? Yeah. It, it also helps when you pick your, your joint venture partners that they're in a very similar, have a very similar goal structure in mind. And, and most of my joint venture partners are either in their 40s or 50s, and they're either at or near retiring in themselves. So, and, and why I bring that up is because there are two objectives I find with real estate. And, and it's funny, when you talk in these real estate conferences, they say that you can have net worth growth and you can have cash flow. And, and, and they talk about that over and over again. And you say, get both, get both. The reality is, is that when you're growing your portfolio and truly using your own money and recycling your money, you're often refinancing your properties, which is killing your cash flow, but it's helping you grow your net worth. It's a real weird feeling to not be focused on growing my net worth because I've been so focused, singularly focused on improving my net worth for, for 20 to 30 years to all of a sudden say, you know what? It's okay if my net worth never grows again, but if I can make 20 to 25 or even more thousand dollars per month, every month for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. And, and if my net worth stays the same, that's, that's okay too. So, so I, I went in with my joint venture partners with that mindset and I talked to them and they all agree that's, that's what their goals are too, is to, to increase their, their cash flow. And, and that's really what our focus is at this point. We're actually going back and speaking to some of our existing tenants right now. And we are offering them buyouts if, if, they're, if they're interested. We approach it a very different way. We aren't coming in as the big, bad landlord. We're offering them opportunities. The one thing that I, that I like to share with people is that um, the kind of tenant profile that I was looking for, it wasn't necessarily the kind of person that was going to live there for 5, 10, 15 years. So the fact that they have been there for five years, there's a good chance that many of these things, and, and, and we've actually seen it. There's too many adults living in a house. Maybe there's too few adults living in a house because the, the the children have moved out. Maybe they've got a boyfriend or girlfriend in a different city or a job in a different city, but yet they're stuck in their existing home for because, because they're kind of landlocked because all the rents around them have gone up so much. So we've actually gone out and approached, we've been, we're actually, we've, we've had two tenants thus far that we've offered them $5,000 buyouts and say, hey, if you guys are interested, great. We want to help you guys make it to the next, to move on to your next place. And if we can pay your first and last month's rent and a little bit of moving costs, then great. But if they want to stay, then we're okay with that too. We're cash flow is important to me, but I want to be fair to my tenants as well because they've been very, I, I treat them like clients and and I respect them as such. And is that strategy and that approach something that you're that you've outlined in your book that you that you mentioned? A little bit. I, I would have to say that the the buyout approach has kind of evolved even in the last 12 months, especially as the as Sarah's mentioned, the rent surge that we've seen in the GTA has been so historic, where before I might have been behind by 10 or 15% in rent, 
where now I might be behind by 25%, just simply because of, of the markets going up at such a rapid rate. So it becomes more advantageous as the spread keeps going. And again, if somebody's happy in my home and they're, or in the house I own and they don't have an interest in moving, I'm not going to force them. I'm not going to make life difficult for them to move. I'm just offering them an opportunity. If, if they are thinking about moving, the house no longer fits their needs. I want to help them move on to the next thing and make it a win-win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So before we get into the lightning round, I'm just curious, tell us a little bit more about your book and why you decided to write it. Yeah, the book called the book is called Armchair Real Estate Millionaire, and it's available on Amazon. And it's also, I'm really proud of this, actually. We did an audiobook version as well, and I hired a voice actor and, and went through that process. It was it's it's interesting how the things that you encounter in your life kind of evolve as over time and and meeting that going in that world was really quite neat. But uh, armchair real estate millionaire, and uh, the the concept is to it doesn't have to be a full time job. This could be a side hustle that can and will make you a millionaire. And so, by buying the right type of properties, you can have as little as two or three properties that can change your life. And a lot of the books that I found that were out there were talking about how to grow from ten to one hundred properties, or how to how to even get up to ten or twenty properties. Well. I find that there's, as a realtor, the people I had the most impact on was getting to buy their first, second, and third properties. I felt they were the ones that were the most challenging to get them there and the most rewarding because it really did change their life. So that's what I wrote my book on was was how to get to as little as three properties. And over time, with the right type of properties, with appreciation, a little bit of cash flow, and and mortgage pay down within 10 years you can become a millionaire as a result of owning these properties and the cool thing is the amount of time it can take up in your life as little as two to four hours a week or sorry a month can it can change your life it's it's this is not a type of job that's going to be a full-time gig it's a it's a let's even say it's five hours a month it's an hour a week that can change your life and and that's that's the kind of book i wrote yeah, that's awesome. And it, it is really, especially if you have three or four or five, it is really just an hour a week. Again, provided that you're delegating certain things to the right people and you've got a good team in place locally there as well. But it's it's definitely, you know, it's definitely the way to go. Awesome. So next part of the podcast is lightning round. So Paul and I are going to ask you four questions that everybody gets on our podcast. You can give us the first answer that comes to mind in like 20 seconds or less. Are you ready? 20 seconds or left. Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 M-T-G-T-E-A-M and check out their website butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com and let's go to the lightning round. All right, lightning round, right? Lightning round speed answers to number one. (laughs) What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Oh, the best advice. Um, it's not all about cash flow. The best properties are ones that you can hold on to, not for one year or five years, but for life. And that was my number one advice that I got. 
Was that from a mentor or a coach or? Yeah, Don Campbell and Julie Broad. Julie Broad's book, More Than Cash Flow, that was very instrumental in forming my opinions that I have today. That's wonderful. Do you have a favorite real estate investing resource? Real estate investing resource. I'm a big fan of Rain Real Estate Investment Network. I, I am a huge believer in what they taught. Many of the people who have real estate in Canada learned a lot of their concepts from Rain or from people that did Rain and then formed other investment groups. So I would say Rain is my my choice. Okay. All right. Number three. In your opinion, what's the one attribute that has made you the most successful? I am an incredible delegator and you joke about that. I know people sort of say, oh yeah, you de but delegation is, and not doing everything yourself has changed my life to be able to multiply my skills and be able to do mo more things and, and be able to let go things that I don't need to be the, the person to do. That was, that was a huge thing. Okay. Wonderful. And what would we typically find you doing on a Sunday morning? Sunday morning, I would probably be doing a, I would sleep in. And then right now I've been going for long walks or a bike ride and getting ready for a Sunday football, I would imagine. So yeah, watching. I, I, right. <laughs> Sounds fun. Michael, where can our club community find out more get to know you, reach out to you? What, what's the best place for them to go to? Yeah, you can go on our website, armchairrealestatemillionaire.com. You could, I'm info at armchairrealestatemillionaire.com and you can absolutely reach out to me there. And, and yeah, if you, if you happen to buy my book and you, and you want to ask any further questions, I, this is what I'm here for. I'm trying to help out as many people to get started in real estate for sure. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michael Dominguez. Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for all the insights guys reach out to Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.